Krang was the Elon, best. Elon Musk. Elon Musk is one hundred percent built like Krang. <laughs> you know they got a new Turtles movie coming out. I can't wait. It's, oh, can't wait to see it. Rocksteady and Bebop still like caricatures, or did they update that? Yeah, they're on there. It's like little black voices too. <laughs> There's a black April O'Neil in the uh, <laughs> in so, Turtles. Oh man, I can't wait for the news cycle of people being angry. April O'Neil is not black. Yeah, apparently she was black in the original. No, she wasn't. Well, I don't know. Comic book, the cartoon. It was a, a cartoon. Woman yeah, with, yeah. With a red hair, with a yellow jumpsuit. Yeah. White so I, I, yeah, I get why you thought she was black because the jumpsuit was. What's the first question? All right, guys. Um, so Dominique, whoa, whoa, you... whoa, 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 whoa. We're not going to talk about Dominique uh, threatening Usher with his eyes at the uh, concert. We're not going to do no, that. There's nothing to talk about. We don't need to make a big deal out of it. It just, I mean. Ush came came near my section, and I was like, "Yeah, dance, do your thing," but this over here, player, this is this, uh, this is all me. <laughs> we don't need none of your sexy gyrations near the mother of my children. Scram, you, Ush. Was it was it a pre-concert conversation? Um, nah, where you were like, "Hey, I mean, Usher comes over," you know, "Hey, you know." I'll be honest with you, it's like it's funny to act like big tough guy, but I honestly don't care. Like me and my wife have been married for 13 years. If she would enjoy us Usher giving her a little sexy lap dance, by all means, I am not threatened or insecure at this point. Maybe early newlyweds, I'd be like all territorial. But if she was gonna cheat on me, she would have did it a long time ago and she ain't working waiting for this mouse fella to do it. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to Kiki Palmer's baby daddy. Fumble, <coughs> oh, all-time fumble. All-time fumble. Oh, just stupid. Uh, all right. I had, a, I had a buddy who valeted Usher's car in Atlanta. He gave him 100 bucks to just sit in the front seat in the driver's seat and not move it from directly in front of the hotel for an hour. Nice. Valet no other cars. He loved Usher ever since. All right, let's talk, about, let's talk Usher's about Wemby. Man, I like Usher. Great show. Go see it if you got time. Um, okay, so you were in Vegas. You saw Wemby. I did. David, Ooh. I'm sure you watched it on TV because you weren't yeah. cool and having a fun time in Vegas like Dominique. Uh, how would you grade Wemby's Summer League performance? Um, so, yes, I was cool. I somehow tricked my wife into thinking that this was a birthday trip to see Usher. Nah, I had to go to Wemby's debut. So I was in the Thomas and Mack Center and saw Wemby put up with – I was shocked, honestly. Like, the way people reacted. I understand that his game, the numbers weren't pretty, but – when I was watching the game, I was like, oh, my God, everything that we imagined is here. <laughs> and it wasn't perfect. He missed a lot of shots, but there's nothing better. I mean, I, it's the eye test. That's what it comes mm -hmm. down to is some people probably looked at the stats afterwards. And those are also people who wanted to be like, ha, all you guys was wrong, overhyped, and then had the numbers to back that up. But when you were watching it, you're like, this dude, if we can figure out how to use him, and there are multiple ways to use him, he is going to be impactful immediately. Now, he's not going to be MVP on day one, but I do think that the Spurs, if they put four guys around him who are capable defenders, they might have the best defense in the, in the league because he does seem to have defensive instincts. And forget instincts. The man, no matter where he is on the floor, he is one big step away from protecting the rim or the three-point line. He might average three, four blocks a game all season. Yeah, like we can talk about how rough he looked the first game, which, okay, he looked bad in his very first summer league game of of all time. Like that happens. And like you said, he missed a bunch of jumpers. There were some jittery, jitters there. They were falling short. Uh, he was a little gassed. I mean, he looked tired uh, at different points in that game. I don't know if that's just coming off of 
uh, you know, the games that he was playing. I don't know if it was just him, you know, the, the nerves. I don't know yeah. if, you know, the Britney Spears fans were <laughs> tweeting him and making him feel a certain kind of way. But even at the worst game that you will probably ever see Wimby have, he had five blocks. Like at the worst game that he will ever have, you're looking at Rudy Gobert, right? <laughs> like yeah, like his, an all star. His floor, his floor is Rudy Gobert. Yeah. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying. And so, and even he looked better, obviously, offensively than that. Second game, there was no stopping him. There's nothing you could do about him. The the one there's going to be one point in every single game where he does something, and you say, "Are you are you serious?" Yeah. And he caught a putback like on his feet away from the basket and just like dunked it like just dunked yeah. it like you put a like you put a piece of paper in the trash can and like he should have just done like the n one and just thrown the ball in the crowd and just <laughs> gone to san antonio and just said i'm done because that's all i need to see the size is so you can't teach size you obviously also you can't really teach coordination though we practice mm-hmm. it and you can get a little bit better like that level of comfort that he has within his body is something that I would say is rare for someone his size, but I feel like that's not giving it enough credit. And because his size is not, we think about him as a center because that's the position he's going to play or maybe a forward in some lineups, but he's going to play a five. The fact of the matter is most teams in the league don't have a guy that's as big as him on their roster. And the matchup problems that he's going to create, just because he's big, even if he doesn't have impactful numbers, his presence is going to force opponents to put somebody out there who's seven feet tall or seven one, which a lot of teams don't have someone who is seven one and coordinated enough to defend him. And forget that. If you got somebody who's seven one, they are almost always a liability on the other end of the floor. So just him being there is already putting teams in in problems. So then if you put him in a pick and roll and if you get a good guard next to him that can make these decisions or you get him in some sort of switch, honestly, you don't even have to get him to switch. He can shoot over most centers. Just shoot over him because he's six three and a half. But if you get him in a switch on one of these guys that we think are great defenders, they're normally like six seven, six seven, mm-hmm. six nine. He's like he's looking down at all of them. So as long as he can catch the ball in deep enough or um kind of tighten up his shot from distance. He's really like almost unguardable. And then there's the size and physicality that uh, uh, he's not quite ready for that yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking about, you know, my beloved warriors Ooh. who on that, like, what are you going to do? Looney. <laughs> you know like, you're going to put Looney on him to go guard him out in the paint. You're going to put Draymond in, in the post. That's like, the what is the answer? What is the answer to that? Like he is so, like you said, he's so fluid. He can do things from the paint all the way to the three-point line that you will have to have a special, special type of defender who can guard him at all at all levels. Maybe like Bam or somebody like that. But there's I mean Bam, Bam is what Bam six was inches too, shorter than everything. He was too you know? he was too short for Jokic. Right. Like, I guess Jokic also had the girth on him, but like Bam's not a center size. Bam six nine, six ten. Yeah. There is there Giannis also six eleven. Like Giannis is the yeah. these guys are the difference in Wimby's height is like the difference in most positions in basketball. So like he is bigger than most centers. So I, I don't imagine that he's gonna be the as comfortable as he was handling the ball. I don't see them like running the offense through him like you would right. do a Kevin Durant or somebody like that. But he's still like the the problem with Draymond or players like Draymond is as physical as you are, if he can get his body close to the basket, entry passes aren't that hard, throw it up. (laughs) And then he turns around and what are you gonna do? Without jumping, you can't can't contest it. So 
without him jumping, you still can't contest it. So I, I feel like we've been drooling all over him all uh, all um, off season and getting ready for this, and somehow it wasn't going to live up to the hype. But still, I think the potential. We haven't seen anything that shows us that the potential is anything less than like an all star. Like the the potential is still there for something higher. But that's the thing is I'm not going to lose all this hype until I have a reason not to have all this hype. And everything I've seen so far, the way that he talks, the way he carries himself, everything about him seems like in falling in San Antonio, he is going to be, as long as he stays healthy, he's going to be everything we expected and more. Um, sorry, I'm rambling. I, this, this got me excited. I was in there. There was a playoff atmosphere. I loved it all. It was great. Well, the thing about him that that also even as small as he is and you know know that he's yeah. going to gain weight he's still moving people around like yeah. he still knows what to do with his body enough to start move people around in the paint and you compare him to some of these you know big guys who came in the league and they first started like the durants and all those other players they they had to learn that they had to learn how to sort of use their body to move folks around he's already got that at his size he's going to get stronger he's going to get bigger and when you talk about the, the mentality i loved how he came out of that first game he came out of the, game, the first game and said, look, I looked a little lost out there. I was kind of, you know, didn't know what I was doing. And then you come back and you put, what, 27 and 12 and three blocks in the next game. And you look like the most unstoppable player on the court at that point. Like that's sort of that um, maturity that you get, you know, that you should not have at that age yet. Like there are a lot of players who could have come back, had that first game and then sort of stumbled again the second game. And you got to kind of rebuild them back. It took him one game, and he was like, "I got it now." I stumbled. But as you were rambling, as you were rambling, yeah. as you said, yeah, and gushing rambling. over this guy, I didn't think you were rambling. I thought those points were astute. Appreciate but it. as you were gushing over this guy, yeah, I got to know was he was he, was he in your arms too? Was he was he more was he more entertaining than Usher? Who 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 was the most entertaining most entertaining person you saw in Vegas? So, Wimby or Usher? Um, I will say that Usher had a lot more help. So mm-hmm. there were dancers. At the Usher concert <laughs> okay, that, uh, that that um, enhanced the atmosphere. So yeah, I would say Usher was more entertaining. Wimby wasn't on the floor the whole time, but okay, it, he just he walk out there and he look funny. Not Usher, now Wimby. He just <laughs> like he just looks so big that it looks weird. Uh, it's uncomfortable to to see someone on an NBA court with guys who have on NBA jerseys, let's say. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> making, making them all look small is wild. Um, on my podcast, Charlie and I were talking about this, and I just kind of – we keep saying he's 19. He's 19. And to put it in context, the prime for most basketball players we think is around sometime after 26, yeah. 27, 28, 29. That's around your prime. He's 19 years Yeah. Old. Yeah. <laughs> and coordinated as hell. And now we'll have, I mean, I guess he's already been professional, but he will have a lot of time to dedicate. He'll have the best coaching staff uh, or one of the best coaching staffs in, in uh, sports. He has, he already has his whole like team around him, trainers and all that stuff. Uh, and he seems to have the, his head screwed on to the point where he knows what's important. I'm really excited about the future of the NBA behind Wimby well the future of Wimby let's not say the NBA because he may not take over the whole league but he certainly feels like he's going to at some point yeah it's hard to imagine this not being his league especially as you mentioned in nine years when he's at his prime like all of these guys are gone yeah (laughs) LeBron is gone Giannis is you know going to be I don't know early 30s something like all of these guys who are dominating the league now 
are going to be gone. Right. And the people are going to be following behind Wimby. And teams are going to be building their squads around how do you defend this guy. And ain't no more of him coming out in the, in, <laughs> in the league. Did, did uh, Wimby just just create a, a lifetime job for Bowl Bowl and, and Taco Fall? They just, they just <laughs> lifetime role. They was about to be out of the league. And now Wimby's here. They like, man. We got to have Bol Bol because he's the only person big enough and coordinated enough to run with Wimby. No, I think when you, I think the Bol Bols of the world, Wimby is going to highlight just how not Wimby-ish these tall guys are. <laughs> it's going to be like, that's you a, know, it's a, yeah. that's a great he's quote, show. that Kenny Smith quote. So Kenny Smith, uh, I'm not a noted basketball expert. So maybe me gushing over Wimby does not sell you people, but Kenny Smith is. And he said that man going to win the MVP by his fourth season. <laughs> oh, he'll be in MVP of this whole league. That is ambitious, but it doesn't sound stupid. Like he it's, could. The one, the one possible. thing, yeah. The one thing that I think, uh, again, Charlie mentioned this on the podcast is how important it is for a player like that to have a guard mm-hmm. to assist him. And you think of all the great centers in NBA history. Uh, there's normally a really good guard with them to help set them up. That's the next question. That's the next problem for the Spurs. And I'm sure these guards are made better by, by the, uh, by the big man, but we know what it comes down to at the end of NBA games. It comes down to having a closer and centers just, just not the case. Like we see MB try to do it, but it's just normally not a center closing at in those moments maybe it will be for for Wimby but it's going to be really important for them I mean as it is for everybody to get good players around him but specifically a good decision making and passing guard I mean Jokic Jokic just did a good job of it and and you know I don't know who uh <laughs> I mean Jokic just did it that's uh, fair Giannis, Giannis did it a couple years ago I mean we're, we're sort of <sighs> seeing another another sort of shift here that's to where these big guys where these big guys are doing it and if you do I mean I do agree that the guard is integral here I don't know who the Spurs drafted in the third or fourth round, but it's probably that guy because it's the Spurs. Some international player that we yeah. haven't heard of who actually yeah, that is guy just is, nice. Yeah, where, that guy's already go? on their roster, and we did not know. Because they were, like, scouting the big Spurs secret, aside from getting ridiculously lucky in the lottery a couple of times. Mm-hmm. The big Spurs secret or their market inefficiency that they exploited was being first to, like, the international players. That they can't exploit that anymore. I don't know what's next. Are they they going to other planets? What they doing? They gonna they gonna figure something out. I mean, my goodness, it's the Spurs. I mean, we they like we talk about their health. I mean, the things that they did with Duncan and sort of reshaped his body to to um you know make his career longer things like that. I mean, they they they're set up to have this guy not have like there's a Zion world and there's a LeBron world. Are we and it's hard to imagine him being anywhere near the Zion world and really, really close to LeBron. Are we overhyping the Spurs staff? I mean, cause Kawhi left and they, they did him wrong, but I don't know. Maybe I, I don't want to throw any cold water on this conversation. What's up Alabaster? What you got? Um, well actually worth noting on this Anscape actually published an article today um, about Wemby's agent and the plan they have for him and his body. And they said they want to follow the Kareem path and putting on weight is not in the cards for Wemby. They want him to play until he's 41 like Kareem. And they think adding weight is going to be detrimental to that. Yeah. I mean, adding weight could be detrimental to that. Adding strength though is probably important. So, I mean, I'm sure they know what they're talking about. They've figured this all out. Just get out of his man's way. That's I mean, don't, don't overthink it. Give him the ball. 
let him let him patrol the court and get out of his way. Um, at some point, I in every show that I do, I try to pivot to uh, my labor talks. Okay, and go for it. Wimby, the the NBA needs to create some separate category of uh-huh. money for face of the league type of guys. Yeah, because let me tell you what the summer league was <laughs> <laughs> just last year. Uh-huh. So like he shows up to summer league revenue out, out the roof, promotions, everything through the roof. He grows into this player that is a marquee player that keeps the league relevant and interesting going forward. I mean, even in his rookie contract, he is going to be grossly underpaid for the impact that he has on not winning and losing because winning and mm-hmm. losing doesn't necessarily tie to league revenue, but the impact right. on the interest and the, the sponsorships and all this like that is going and i know Wimby seems to i just want to hoop as he said in a very american way that's fair but i i mean they've been stealing from lebron for years that man been yeah. carrying this league but oh well i digress i mean shoot steph curry increased the warriors uh, worth oh by billion billions, billions of dollars of and you're going to put a put a they, cap on that guy they they stuck in Oakland if Steph don't shoot them shots. Now they <laughs> they they cross the the river to the the deep pockets. They'd be they'd be what begging E forty to come to their games <laughs> right now if, they, if without without Steph. And I, I agree. I mean, there there's just no there's no cap on this guy. I mean, yeah. I, I know I know I, I made re- uh, reference to it earlier, but I mean the Britney Spears thing. The guy's now elevated to another level of household name because of this thing, you know. And like he has already at this part where people are talking about him just because of the height, just because of the, the, the nature of who he is, they're talking about him in a way that we had not seen, have not seen since LeBron. I would actually say some of this pop culture stuff is kind of putting him a little bit ahead of where maybe even LeBron was when he first got into the league, just because of the circumstances of what happened in Vegas. What was Brittany's plan? She just wanted to shake his hand. Like, I don't know. I don't, I, maybe it's my ego or insecurity, but like, I don't go up to people. I just don't like I saw people. I recognize people when I was in Vegas. They recognized me head nod. You move it on. Like, I don't. And, and you're pretty spirits. You want a picture with Wimby? Get your maybe, face. Chopped. I mean, maybe. So here's my skepticism, which I don't want to, you know, call somebody. I, I, we don't. I don't know if we actually have to get into this. But like, here's the thing that's been bugging me the whole time okay. is that she was like, I'm a big Wimby fan. Right. And I get it. But also. I'm not as tall as Wimby, but I'm a tall black man. And I know what happens a lot of times when you're out in public, people just come up to you because they think you play a sport, right? Yeah. And I then part of me is like, is she a Wimby fan or did she just see a really, really tall black dude and say, hey, I want to, I want to uh, congratulate you for being in the league? Nah, nah. Um, Brittany watches Mets 92 all the time. She's a big okay. Mets 92 fan. She be streaming them in the, in the mansion while she do uh, – dances i mean i hope she's okay but also keep your hands to yourself people like yes i don't know yeah. yell don't touch people yeah alabaster uh tough all i have is hands so i i get it i get it. um all right guys let's move on to the other soap opera in the nba and that's the blazers um joe cronin said that this could drag on months and could you actually see the Blazers waiting months before they trade Damian Lillard? I mean, I was um, a little disappointed with Joe Cronin's remarks because they seemed strategic and well thought out. And I hate that. 
I love when we get to get on here and fire up GMs and team owners and people that y'all all assume are smarter than you and point out how they actually are not that smart or thoughtful. But he seemed to be doing a credible job of trying to maintain whatever leverage he has. So I would have said before I read his remarks, nah, this is BS. But I do think that there is something there's a chance that they could keep him in part because Damien's personality. So obviously they want to turn the page to Scoot Henderson. What you can't do is have a malcontent in your locker room mm. who's going to cre create problems for your team and your development. Damian Lillard doesn't seem like he's going to be that guy. And mm. I think that right now, part of the problem with moving Damian Lillard is the teams that have the assets to that would satisfy the Blazers are not interested in getting Damian Lillard. And he's also not interested in going to a lot of those places. So the one team that seems aggressive about it is not giving them as much as they want or the things that they want. So the, the, um, the argument for waiting is the season will shake out a little differently and possibly there'll be teams that find themselves in a better position or their teams who have a point guard now that could get hurt or something could happen and they could find themselves in a better position and then they could get what it is that they want because people will be desperate at the trade deadline. But also the heat could have a rough start to the season and then you don't got no suitors. Nobody wants yeah. it and you could be stuck. So it's a risky move and Joe Cronin's career is probably riding on two things. How good is Scoot Henderson and how much he can get out of this trade? I don't think there's any way Dame could start this season with, with Portland. I mean, there's there's just no way. I mean, for, for the reason, reasons you mentioned, like Dame's personality is not one. Like it would be James, if James Harden is, yes, James Harden to come back, then it could be really sort of destructive to the team. Mm -hmm. Dame is going to play. But also, I mean, there's so much overlap with him and Scoot and the way that they play. There's so much, you know, drama around it. And you want to get these guys just off to the right start, these young players off to the right start, and just see the team that you have, build the assets. You're not going to get – I mean, there's there's all this talk about what Miami is offering. Miami's not offering a bad deal. I mean, there's the Tyler Hero of it all that a lot of people um, are – you know, have different feelings on, but you can turn Tyler Hero into assets. You can turn Duncan Robinson into assets. You can get your picks. You can try to put um, put Brooklyn somewhere in this trade. You can do things to get what you want, and it's already sort of on the table. This is not like they're getting crumbs for Dame Lillard, who, as great as Dame Lillard is, still 32, 33-year-old guy who's got, what, four more years of contract. Last year, $60 million, $65 million on this contract, and the guy has not, you know, he's not going to be necessarily maybe the best player on your championship team like that's and you've got a team teams with lots of point guards they're point guards all over the place in the league so they're getting a good deal and i think he's trying to squeeze as much out of it as he possibly can right now just send the guy over this guy's going to be in miami by the time the season I mean, starts i don't know that the deal is good but alabaster what you got I was about to say, can you explain to me why this is a good deal? Yeah, why yeah, adding I, Tyler Hero to Anthony Simons, yeah. uh, Shaden Sharp, and, and Scoot Henderson, who all would, need the ball and need to develop? I would also point good. out that that the argument for bringing the argument you're making for bringing in Tyler Hero is that you can move him, but if you can't move Damian Lillard for the value that you think you deserve, what makes you think that you're going to be able to move Tyler Hero for that same value? Because then you're in the same position with a worse player, you're in a position with a duplicative player that you need to move and everyone knows you need to move who has less value but well i mean i think i think that's where the third that's where the third team comes in i mean I, I don't i mean i think if the issue is i don't want tyler hero on my roster 
then the third team comes in and you just load up on picks. I mean, I think that's the that's the solution that Portland is looking at. And I think Tyler Hero obviously is the monkey wrench in this whole entire thing. But you are a a competent front office. You can find a suitor for him and and get picks in return. So just noting, I it sent a shiver up my spine thinking about spending seventy million dollars a year on Tyler Hero and Jeremy Grant. I'm sure it made Dominique very happy with the for all of his uh, well played, uh, well paid players. But get that money. I uh, I think the thing that's really interesting about this is they, of course, want to do right by Dame, but this is a unique opportunity. They scoot fell to them in the draft. Shaden Sharp looks like his potential, honestly, is limitless for someone who's a mystery man before the draft. Simon's developed faster than they thought. Yep. If they nail this trade, they can be a really interesting core immediately. Shouldn't that be the priority over Dame's happiness if you are the Blazers organization? Yeah, but what? But what are the act? But who's actually in the market for Dame Lillard? Boston, yeah. Philadelphia, Miami. Like those are the teams that are in the market for Dame Lillard. And you're probably not getting Jalen Brown out of Boston. You're getting pieces and you're getting picks. I mean, what you're getting, regardless, is a mishmash of picks and players that you probably don't want from any of these three teams, right? I mean, maybe uh, if you can squeeze Maxi out of Philadelphia. Then, but that's still a guard, another guard. Like yeah. you're not, there's not a, there's not like a, a big market for Dame Lillard. Circumstantially, it's not that you know, like there's just these are the three teams, and you're just gonna get so, a bunch of picks. Yeah, I mean, I, I get your point, Alabaster. You're kind of uh, pushing back against the things that Cronin said about wanting to make sure that Dame is happy, and a lot of us, uh, well, me and other people argue, or at least want the players to have this influence and power when they can to go to the places that they want to go. But yeah, I, I certainly agree that Joe Cronin's responsibility is frankly, to Joe Cronin. And and it's uh, what serves him best is to do what's best during his timeline, to have as to do as good a job as possible. And so uh, as someone who's been traded, I know what it's like, and they do not care what you want. They care, well, I don't know. I, I think the, the Dame Lillard trade conversation is different than the trade conversation I had, but it's just the kind of the way of the business. But when you are as talented, that's the thing about the NBA, when you are as talented, as valuable as these players, they have more leverage. And so he can force them to behave in such a way. I'm not sure what the stick is that he has or that all these players seem to have, but whatever it is, it seems to work. So I could understand why Joe Cronin would not do what's in the best interest of, of Dame. But I also, if I'm Dame, I'm furious because I look around this league at all these damn players who have done <laughs> so much less or been so much less committed to an organization getting sent to two and three teams that they choose all the time. And I've been here. Y'all ain't never put a winner around me. And I've been waiting. I've been re-signing these contracts, coming back. I've been doing all the things you ask. And then when I finally get my one chance to go somewhere else, this one y'all going to change the rules? Why y'all do that to James Harden? Why don't y'all do that to all these other players who force their way in the other situation? So, I mean, both sides make sense to me. I mean, Dame signed the Supermax for four years. Like, that's the – that's – I mean, the Supermax – I mean, he's got four years – three or four years left on the – four years left on the contract for the Supermax. That's the – that's what it is. And the thing is, like, if you were the owner, and I would, I would agree – I mean, actually, I do agree, but it's not like Utah – is offering you four first rounders and two pick swaps and all that stuff right. for Dame Lillard. That, there's not, there's not like the Rudy Gobert offer out there from just some random team that you can just ship them off to. It's just, it's limited. It's limited, and this is what you're going to get. Miami, as we just saw, as Alabas pointed out, that said that David was right. That Miami has all of these draft picks to give this guy. These, these that 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 are going to be very lucrative for Miami going going forward. I mean, very lucrative for Portland going forward. 
that's where he's going. That's where he's going. We're just wasting our time. He's going to Miami. <laughs> What's up, Alaska? I, I would like to point out, the Blazers were not incompetent building around Dame. They just happened to go against David's beloved peak Warriors teams when Dame when Dame was at his peak as well, which was just mm. impossible. I mean, they yeah, they didn't win a conference mm. finals game against Kevin Durant and the Warriors. Um, but no, they had no, no, no. they built real teams. No, they they well okay. Let's let's rewind. First of all, they lost. They didn't win a game against uh, Kevin Durant and less Golden State Warriors. Alfonso McKinney was starting on that team, and they blew four. Uh, double digits leads and got swept. Like that was their best shot and making the finals, and they just weren't as good as the Warriors. Dame Lillard is not as good as Steph Curry. Spoiler alert. But the problem with with Portland, the original sin of this whole thing is that they blew this team up and had no plan for what to do after they got rid of CJ McCollum. They had a one-two punch for this squad. They moved CJ McCollum in some sort of half rebuild, half build around Dame, but there was no plan. Who are you building around this guy? What was the next star that was coming? They t- tinkered with the Ben Simmons thing. It didn't happen. They really had no plan. They should have probably started a rebuild back when they got swept by the Pelicans in the first round uh, a few years ago. But they never, ever were able to establish a plan once they got rid of C.J. McCollum. And since then, they have not built anything substantial around Dame so, yeah, I mean, I my only pushback to what you're saying, Alabaster, is we got to be consistent in the way that we evaluate the front offices compared to the way that we evaluate the players. Like, we're not going to look back and say, Dame, that's okay, Dame played championship-level basketball, so let's go ahead and give him a championship and consider him a championship-level player. So why would we say that, that why would we give credit to Portland for building a winner around him when they didn't win? So, like, I, I don't know how else to <laughs> knock it, like, or how else to paint it. And it's not a situation while Dame is a liability on defense. It's not a situation like he came up small in these situations. They didn't win. They were unable to build a winner around Damian Lillard, and he was committed to them, and he did everything. So that's my point. So I, I get it. I understand what it means to run an organization and to try to do what's in the best interest of of the team, which is actually just trying to save your job, which is what they should do, what all of us should do. But also would be really pissed, as I'm sure we all would be, if you feel like you've sacrificed and committed to a place and then they're just like, eh, beat it. That's no compensation. The ch- that's the choice he made, though, when he signed that last Supermax. He was like, I'll, I'll take the half a billion dollars in total from the Blazers and I'll be locked in until I'm 37 and it's going to sap some of my leverage. Um, I actually think you talked about Jalen Brown earlier, David. Oh, you're just going to try to you're gonna switch subject on me? I don't get it. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, like, <laughs> these are... I don't get a rebut. <laughs> so, okay, rebut away. Okay, I'll, I'll keep it quick. That ain't the world that we've been living in. That's the frustrating point. It's like everyone has been signing these deals. And mm. it seems like quite a few of them still get to go where they want. So my point is, I'm not saying that Dame is right or wrong. I'm saying that it'd be really weird to watch three people jaywalk in front of you. And then all of a sudden you try to jaywalk and whoop, whoop, them boys come and get you. You're like, what? What did I do wrong? They did it too. And that's how I feel like the point is, yeah, you broke the law, but we kind of all knew that this is how the game worked until it was my turn. He waited five years too long to jaywalk. He had five this, this drip. Um, so the, the last thing I was going to say is this, that uh, you mentioned Jalen Brown's name. Still hasn't signed his Supermax extension with Boston. That's on the table. A Carl Anthony Towns trade is on the table. Yeah. They're just like, uh, I think we're, of course, it's very likely he will end up in Miami. 
all I'm saying is that there are deals out there. And Dame is one of those guys like Kevin Durant who loves basketball. And like, do you really think he's not going to show up to play with Tatum? Do we really think he's not going to show up to play with Anthony Edwards? Like there are other situations where they could get returns that work with the Blazers roster. You think Portland wants Carl Anthony Towns for basically the same amount of money that they're paying Dame Lillard? Like these are not these are not real trades, man. These are not real At things. Least they Carl want Anthony picks. Towns plays a different position. I mean, yeah, I'm not sure that, and I'm not sure that the Timberwolves would feel great about pairing Dame with Anthony Edwards. But whatever. It, we, it seems like there's really only one real suitor out there. We can pretend like all these other ones are real, but it doesn't feel like we haven't heard these offers. Like the only offer that we've heard that feels legitimate is the Miami one. The rest of them is just like us spectators making up potential offers, isn't it? Has there been a report that I missed, Alabaster, that there's some offer coming from the Celtics uh, or, or the I, Wolves? I read into slightly the Celtics thing from the fact that um, – Dame's agent was so specific about that he was not going to want to play there. Okay. Well, I think I think the well, I think it's possible that I, I don't know if Boston how Boston feels about the Jalen Brown versus Dame Lillard thing. I mean, you got age that that factors into it, got all that stuff. You got his contract. I think Boston is trying to finagle keep a Jalen Brown and, and Dame if possible. I mean, I, there's there's that which I don't think Portland. I don't think that works for Portland at all. Really interesting stuff because he is someone who is such a great shooter that it could actually swing an NBA title if he ends up yeah. in the right team. Um, all right, let's move on to a game of uh, NBA Summer League and offseason overreactions or underreactions. First one, Brandon Miller's struggles in Summer League are cause for concern. Overreaction or underreaction? I mean, any response, I think. Like anything that's definitive out of the summer league feels kind of like an overreaction. But I did watch Brandon Miller play. He had some highlights that were pretty fun, like crossing Wimby down to his knees or to his butt. But I'd be really concerned mostly because y'all passed on Scoot. It's more about the yeah. comparison than anything else. So I, he'll get better. And one thing about summer league that we don't take into account is there are players who play better with good players around them, or most players are, and he does not have that. And he will get that with LaMelo, and we'll see. The scary part is his shooting wasn't uh, as dead-eye as as we thought it would be, because that's kind of the big Brandon Miller selling point, I think, is that he can shoot, whereas most guys coming into the league at this age, that's the thing that you, you read any scouting report about uh, a player coming in NBA. It's like, got to work on his shot. Yeah. But, yeah. He can't shoot. I mean, the guy had, uh, I think, literally the worst shooting performance in NCAA tournament history. Yeah. <laughs> you know, going into the draft, I think. So, so here's here's what here's what concerns me about about Brandon Miller, um, as much as anything, uh, his performance. I mean, the, the the lack of shots in the second game was really concerning after that after that first game, comparative to Wimby, who had a bad first game and came back in the second. Yeah, summer league is impossible to get a, a perfect read on anyone except for Wimby because I love him. Well, if there's if there if there is if there's any team you can go to and be bad for a really long time and nobody notice, it's Charlotte. So there, he got that going for him. Yeah, just was hoping he'd be able to dribble by anyone in summer league. Um, all right, next uh, next take. This one comes from uh, my guy Bill Simmons. He said that Scoot Henderson is already a star and compared him to Chris Paul and Derrick Rose and Russell Westbrook. Overreaction or underreaction? 
But first, Pearl Jam. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, well, you're comparing him to uh, MVP and a future Hall of Famer, possibly the best point card ever. So uh, that feels aggressive. But... <laughs> He did seem like the summer league competition was nothing to him. It, mm-hmm. it, it did seem like uh, we – he felt like the best player on the floor, if not the best player in the summer league for the short period of time, that a half of one game. We are like, oh, nobody out here can deal with him. He was the kid in gym that just – you know what team's going to win because he's on it. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so it's, it's hard to say it's an overreaction based on what we've seen of him so far. He was hitting threes, which was – a knock on him uh, coming in, if he can do that consistently. Uh, yeah, I think he has a chance of being up there with those names. He looked like he was making – he was at a at a different speed than yeah. everybody else. He was playing like a different sport <laughs> than everybody else on, on the floor. I, I'm not sure, like, where the Chris Paul, Derrick Rose comparison because I don't see any similarities between Chris Paul or Derrick Rose. I wonder if it's like – I don't know if it's like a, a mix of the two or if he passes like Chris Paul and dunks like Derrick Rose. I'm not sure where that – comes in they seem like two very different players but yeah. i i do agree with you that um if if not for wimby being the freakishly um athletic yeah. big guy on the court scoot would be the story coming out of summer yeah. i think that is probably i'm assuming at least that it's not a comparison as much as it's it's not a skill comparison as much as it's a a bar comparison it's like this is the bar that he's going to get to mm-hmm. but i mean i i do see some derrick rose comparisons yeah. but derrick rose might have been the most explosive basketball player I guess this side of Russell Westbrook, when he was doing his thing, like nobody could guard him at that point. And that's kind of what Scoot looked like in that yeah. game. But Derrick Rose is doing it in the NBA against against top-level defenses. So we'll see. But, yeah, I, I don't feel like it's an overreaction at all. All right. Next one. Talking about the Thunder. The young core that is exciting everyone after the summer league. When Chet came back, thirteen pounds heavier, tenacious shot blocker. Based on what you saw, Chet Holmgren should be the front runner to win Rookie of the Year. Overreaction or underreaction? Uh, well, it's definitely an overreaction. I mean, I, Chet was awesome, and I always remember last year before the draft, very excited about what Chet was going to be. He added some weight. He looked comfortable and fluid, and he's going to have SGA and Giddy like a pretty good roster and a good team. However, these awards are normally won or lost by how well the number one overall pick plays. Yeah. And so it's Wimby's to lose, and I don't see him losing it. So, like, I'm sorry, Chet. He's been great. I'm excited. I love him as a player. He has some Wimby in his in his skill level. He's coordinated and talented, a good ball handler, shooter, great shot blocker. Uh, he has all the things, a version of all the things that Wimby has, but he ain't him. Yeah, he's yeah. It, it, last I checked, Wimby is still a rookie, so Wimby's going to win Rookie of the Year, and uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind just giving it to him for like five years. Just let him win Rookie of the Year every year. I don't know until he wins MVP. Just let him Chet, have it. Chet I think it's a fake rookie too. Yeah, and I think I think the thing with uh with Chet is that I'm you know he's going to be great with that Thunder team, but that Thunder team is actually so loaded right. that. You know he's not going to be the best player. Obviously, SGA is going to be the best player on that on that team. He might not even be the second best player on that team. Uh, so he's going to have these spurts of dominance, but I don't think he's even going to have the opportunities to get, um, you know, rookie of the year. And he and, and again, yeah, fake rookie, fake rookie. You remember when Don, Donovan Mitchell? Who was that? Donovan Mitchell was yeah. fighting with Ben Simmons over being a fake rookie. Yep. I was wearing. The, 
Oh my God, that was so embarrassing. What a that was such a bit a mid off when they were when Donovan Mitchell's argument was like you're not a you're not a real rookie. You're better than me, but you're not a real rookie. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's you got to let respect. You got to let somebody else make that argument for you. You can't right. be like my argument is not on the merit. It is on a technicality. Right. Technically, you don't deserve this award. Yeah, you I been want practice it. it for a whole year. Right. Anyway. It is worth noting that you have to play 65 games now to win Rookie of the Year, and that actually could keep Wemby from winning the award, whereas assuming he's healthy, the Thunder should be a, you know, a mid-tier playoff team in the West, and Chet being, playing 65 games will be a huge part of that. I can't wait to the end of the year when Chet Holmgren is pulling that same argument. It's like, hey, yeah. technicality, 64 games. You can't give that to that man, which I guess – you, you, you can't even vote for him if you only play 64 yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I hate CBA when, already. Unrelated. You remember when Macklemore won Best Hip Hop Album at the Grammys? Anyway, it has nothing to do with it, this. That was a Kendrick Lamar year also, wasn't yeah. it? He, he had to send, yeah. If, if Chet wins Rookie of the Year, he's going to have to send Wimby a text message apology and post it on Instagram like Macklemore did to Kendrick Lamar. I mean, too bad we can't talk about Kanye anymore. Mm. That was one of his greatest contributions to society is taking a microphone and telling people who and who does not deserve awards. It was a set of precedent that I wish would have kept going on. Uh, Swifties out there. That's Dominique Foxworth who said that. David Dennis, uh, sports Taylor I mean, Swift to be, loves, and loves to be, her in all of her endeavors. Okay. And Beehive out there, be clear that um, <laughs> David Dennis is staunchly opposed to you and your queen. I am not. I'm going to the concert, baby. I think, yeah. hopefully. My hopefully. wife's going tomorrow. Eris hmm. tour was crazy. Um, next one. <laughs> we have a, we have a little montage for you. Is it is it time to start feeling bad for Jordan Poole? Overreaction oh. or underreaction? <laughs> oh, man. oh, man. Oh, man. I mean... Oh, oh man. Who's post crisis pool? That's the best picture they could have found. They did a whole oh, shoot man. with my man. And uh, mutton, mutton chops and everything. My <laughs> goodness. You got to get them things connect, baby. Um, yeah. yeah. So I don't know why he's so sad. So I feel like it's hard because we're all assuming that he's upset because he's got traded to D.C. away from the Warriors. As we've talked about on here before, given what I know, the little bit I know about Jordan Poole, D.C. is going to be a place he's very happy. And Mm -hmm. he didn't seem all that happy last year with his assaulter on the roster and him not getting minutes or points in important moments. So I don't know why he's unhappy, but it's hard for me to feel sorry for him because he about to get everything he dreamed. And this roster ain't bad. Like they, they could be competitive. They could make the playoffs. They could be fun. And he gets to put up 30 points a game or at least 30 shots a game. He put up 30 shots. I think, uh, I think the hookah bar was closed that day. He was a little bummed about oh, that. That's they, were, uh, they were closed for me. Jordan Poole in this picture looks like the Jordan Poole that comes from the future to warn the past Jordan Poole of what his what life could be like. I feel like this Jordan Poole comes through a portal and is like, if you're in practice, duck! And then like goes back and then like he gets erased uh, from oh, the newspaper gosh. because uh, he warned him. That's what he looks like. Not duck, though. I mean, I feel like duck is the wrong advice. It's like the advice is... Be careful what you say. 
Right. Just don't say nothing. <laughs> think, think before you speak. Like, uh, if you could go back in time, the thing you would tell him is duck, not, uh, hey, how about you don't say the inflammatory things? Not blaming the victim, but, however, I can't imagine that uh, he uh, feels happy about the way that that whole thing turned out. So, Did you see the clip when they asked him about Draymond? And, yeah, I did. And his, just... his life flashed before his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, look at that! It's <laughs> a great move. That's how they look. When, that's how. That's how I look when people are like, "You ready for student loans to come back?" That's exactly the same look I have in my face. <laughs> oh man, I've been better at football. <laughs> Guys, last one. Um, Amoni Bates posting fake stats on his Instagram stories is hilarious. Overreaction or underreaction? <sighs> so sad, man. He had 12 what? points in this game. What, yeah, I was going to say, what were <laughs> the actual numbers? Like, he obviously knows that the internet exists because he's posting this on the internet. Maybe he was just trying to be funny. Or maybe he just, he got some head trauma or something. He thought that his 12 was 27. I'm very confused. This doesn't make any sense to me for someone who's young and tech savvy to also believe that I'm going to just slide this up here and fool everybody. I think... I think he's a uh, he's a jokester. I don't know if you have seen his uh, his highlight video set to Charlie Wilson songs. Like, come on, man! Like this guy, <laughs> this guy is the most internet dude ever. And of course, he knew that that was a joke. Oh, okay, and okay. I'm okay. going Whew. to I'm going to follow him in perpetuity because of this. Yeah, all right. So he got a little Grady Dick in him. Phrasing. Well, I mean, you know what I meant. All right, guys, we got one final bonus topic. I need Jordan um, Poole to come back from the future and tell you not to say that. Well, you're about to uh, – past you is about to meet future you. So is it an underreaction or overreaction that Mark Zuckerberg is way more ripped than David Dennis Jr.? Oh, oh come on. Oh, come on. Oh, he is kind of ripped. Got some little taco meat. That curl up. Are we going to sit here and praise – Mark Zuckerberg's body and make fun of mine. Is this what we're doing here? This is what we're I doing. Mean, you got the tats though. You got them beat on the, the ink. You look tough because you got ink. You could endure some needles in your the shoulders. Ink, the ink covers up a little bit of the musculature. I don't know if you know that. It covers up some of the musculature of the arm there. You so and, you uh, wore that tank top. Did you wear that tank top in the streets or did you have a sweatshirt on when you got to the gym and took it off? Or you like walked in, you were like walking around and oh, parked no, I do, in the I tank do. top. I, I do dramatic tank top removal at the gym. Oh, I don't know if you know. Okay. I get a little sweaty, get a little glisten first, and then you just you just you, then you take it off and let them know. You know, you got to get got to get shiny first. You know what I'm saying? Oh man, Mark Zuckerberg. It's it is fair to to say that no matter how much money or success or what you have deep inside of most men is just you want people to think you tough. That's it. That's all we all want. I just want people for one minute to think I'm tough. Sorry, Mark. I don't care how many muscles you got. I'll beat that. I will not if you pay me not to. <laughs> one billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>